I would argue, if I'm the Big Ten, that what we're doing is under our policy, not underneath the NCAA rulebook. And it directly affects the other member institutions. I, I think you could win that argument. The question is, the judge having the Michigan ties to the state, does that play a factor in how this goes down tomorrow? I think it does. Yeah, I think I think he's going to get it. There's a reason that you know you've got a Michigan person that's that's overseeing this as the judge. So I think that definitely works in the Wolverines' favor in getting the ruling they want on this. We had Amy Dash on earlier this week, who's fantastic, and she said when it first happened that her opinion was that Michigan was not going to get what they wanted. That the Big Ten and Tony Petiti, well within his right and the conference's right to act and act quickly and act in this manner. Then as she started to really dive into the bylaws, she cited bylaw, I want to say 34, uh, that says typically you wait until the NCAA investigation is complete and the NCAA is ruled before weighing in on an NCAA issue. And Hutton, you started to hint around this also. What the Big Ten is going to argue is while it is an NCAA issue that they are investigating, it's also a violation of our sportsmanship policy. That sportsmanship policy is extremely broad and vague. Yes. That is going to go into the favor of the Big Ten office in this, and they're going to be able to say, it's clearly a violation of sportsmanship policy. Here's our sportsmanship policy. It's about you know two sentences as to what it could be, and we're going to go ahead and act on it. So I, I, I'm 50-50 right now. I, I'm going to go tie goes to the Michigan-associated judge that's ruling on this. And they're probably going to side with Michigan on it. I hope that they don't use their allegiances that way. And they actually look at both sides of the case. And then they determine whether or not the Big Ten can act in this manner. But I think it's 50-50. I really I, do. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens. Clay Travis, who joined us earlier this week, said he doesn't believe that Harbaugh is going to coach on Saturday regardless because of this process. But that he could be back in time. Uh, to coach against Ohio State in this in the regular season finale. This has been a crazy case throughout. It's been sort of wild to follow the twists and turns. We're going to get another one tomorrow. Well, and then if you're Michigan, if you don't win this TRO, you sit back, you you go win the game the way you've won the games, the first three games of the season when you self-impose the three-game suspension and the way you won last week against Penn State. Play Maryland and then, of course, Ohio State. But if you make it through that, Chad... Then you go into the Big Ten Championship and the college football playoff saying, we've served our, our suspension, our penalty, and punishment was rendered, and it's behind us. And as the, the, the viewing public, the, the average college football fan, it's still going to linger, but the punishment's already been there, and the Big Ten acted before the season ended so that the future program with or without Jim Harbaugh, isn't the one being punished a year or two from now. It's an odd situation. And that's what the NCAA... And oh, by the way, the NCAA was helping clarify certain issues for Petiti and the Big Ten during this process, specifically the whether or not Ohio State had ties, Ryan Day had ties to the private investigative firm that uh, would have potentially obtained this information illegally. That was the other thing that was floating out there a couple of weeks ago. The circle continues. And the latest saga is 
what's Harbaugh's role in all this tomorrow? Well, and I, I look, I know uh, I was watching a little bit of uh, Don't At Me with Dan Dockich earlier, and, and he's made this argument as well. Michigan has now pitted themselves in this role of arguing that instead of being immoral, that Jim Harbaugh is just incompetent. There's, you can't have it both ways, Michigan fans. If, you're gonna, if, if Charles Woodson's going to get all pissy and go on big noon kickoff and say, I believe that my coach didn't know a thing. Well, in arguing that, you are arguing that a guy making a ton of money to oversee every aspect of a football program is adult and is incompetent that he had a guy hired on his staff that was doing this, that had an intricate system in play for illegally scouting opponents, and you knew nothing about it. The flip side of that is he knew about it, he's lying, and it's immoral, and he's cheating that way. Yeah. But it's just hilarious to me that, oh, well, he's just incompetent. He didn't know. Because it's one or the other. Like, it's either he knew about it, which I think he probably did, he knew about it. His coaches knew about it. They knew they were breaking the rules. They decided to do it anyway. And then you can be the moral police on that one way or the other. Everybody can judge for themselves what that says about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. The other side of the argument is Jim Harbaugh is a great man and a great coach, and he knew nothing about it. Well, he's not really a great coach because he's incompetent. You're arguing incompetence if the head coach knew nothing about this scheme to get signs in a legal manner by one of his employees. So it's, it's one or the other, and Michigan's now in the difficult spot of arguing that their coach is incompetent to try to save themselves, save their coach to stay at Michigan for the long haul, and it's an awkward deal all the way around. Chad, um, on, also on the field this week, uh, we mentioned Michigan and, and Maryland, but some good games. Looking forward to your top ten. And also some cupcake matchups as we go into the second to last week of the regular season. You say not for long, though, as, as we are on the, the eve of the college football playoff expansion. We are also on the eve of this possibly being the last year of seeing a plethora of matchups like we see on paper this week. Hutton, I got bad news for football fans who love seeing on November 18th, right before their Thanksgiving feast, they get to feast their eyes on Chattanooga at Alabama, on UL Monroe, at Ole Miss, <laughs> at Southern Miss, Mississippi State. Stay tuned for a possible wrong team favorite on that one, by the way. Abilene Christian, Texas A&M, New Mexico State, Auburn, FIU, and Arkansas, and Georgia State, LSU. Um, four of these games feature point spreads over 33 points in those games. I, I know football fans are just devastated. that The news I'm about to give you is that Cupcake Weekend, I believe, is about to be no more in the SEC. Why? Texas, Oklahoma entering the conference next year. And to me, the inevitable nine conference games. With nine conference games, your three non-conference games will be over earlier in the year, and you won't have so many teams scheduling the week before their big rivalry game to end the season a win. Scheduling a, a pay game. You're going to pay someone to come into your building and blow them out. I think we're going to see less of that. The problem with this, Hutton, is, and we see it probably like in week two also, week one's gotten better in college football with some marquee matchups. Yes. But week two, we kind of fall back, and then it's everyone playing a cupcake. This happens every year in the SEC where that second-to-last weekend features very few good games, and we don't have very many in the SEC this weekend. But the good news for pretty much everyone unless you're one of those programs that's getting your athletic department a lot of money to go lose badly in these games, 
those are about to go away with nine SEC games per season. And it's just a matter of time. They're not going to do it next year. They're going to wait. They've got sort of an in-between year with the two new teams coming in the conference. But within the next two or three years, Cupcake Weekend will be no more. So thank congratulations, you. everyone. Chad, thank you for that announcement. It's the You're best, welcome. The, it's a PSA. It's another thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating. Sorry to Chattanooga. But to everyone else, you're welcome. I'm anticipating the college football playoff expansion more, but this is this is high up on my list. Yeah, I, I want to. I want games to matter, it, it, especially if you say late in the season. That's when the the number one, the Heisman voters are really starting to watch, and number two, it's going to matter even more because of the twelve team playoff, right? Yeah, sign me up for less of what we're yeah. seeing right now. I, look, I think you know. You're going to have cupcake games in college football. So it's part of the built-in schedule of it. And it's going to continue to happen. I, I'm with you, though. I hate the timing of this. The timing. Right? You're, you're in the middle of that just tortuous SEC schedule or whatever conference you're in, and then you throw in the cupcake in the second to last week of the season. There are teams that play it the first week in November. That's a homecoming weekend a lot of times. So that, that does happen. You usually play three non-conference early, then you sprinkle one in either the second to last week or in early November. I hate that it lines up where so many, they do it in the same week. If you sprinkle one or two on top of a great conference schedule in the SEC, then it's not as bad. It's not as noticeable as this week. But then as I start to look through and, and try to gauge my top 10 college football games of the week, and I look under the SEC on the scoreboard, and I see these games, that's where it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Oh, my goodness. All these games once, oh, this is Cupcake Weekend. And this, is this is what happens every year when you have all these t games that are going to be blowouts. And it's, it's mostly SEC heavy. Uh, you know, the, the Big 12, for instance, right now, we've got some really good matchups that will determine the, uh, the, the path to the Big 12 championship game this weekend. Uh, and the Pac-12, USC-UCLA, for instance, this weekend, right? Uh, other conference matchups. The SEC tends to schedule this way. And you're right, it's the homecoming weekend, right before yeah, Thanksgiving. And then you have your rivalry matchups in the final weekend. Right. It's, um, it's a quirk in the schedule that is going to go away once they have nine conference games. And by the way, those records, pat padding your, your record with one more automatic win for SEC schools, that goes away too. So I think everyone's right. win-loss record is about to start looking different. Coming up, Trey Wallace will join us. We'll dive into the college football headlines, more on Michigan, and some big matchups that determine the path to conference title. Sixth and Peabody Air location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Coming up uh, shortly, Dan Mullen will join us, former Mississippi State and Florida head coach. Now ABC and ESPN college football analysts will hit the top headlines and also discuss the, uh, the rumor mill that he could be back in the mix at Mississippi State. Right now we say hello to Trey Wallace, Outkick.com's senior college football. Senior. Senior. Senior college, college football, football writer. Reporter. Uh, Trey, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Good to see you guys. I come on, and all of a sudden we've got breaking news out of Ann Arbor. This is uh, this is this is pretty wild. That Jim Harbaugh is he's accepting his three game suspension. Wow. No court tomorrow. So wow. about that, here's the thing: it's a very simple suspension. 
in the in the big term, like long term picture of things. He's coaching during the week, and that means they're pretty confident in how good they are to just mow through the rest of the regular season. It's it's pretty wild that we've gotten to this point, you know, and, and we're kind of doing this live on air. And, hey, and it happens. That's what well, live. Let, let me know? let me. Uh, and, and Michigan Chad can use this as a six game type suspension if they're accepting this plus self imposed three games earlier this season. Well, let me let me let me carry this over again, and my brain works a little bit differently. But I hear this and think they turned over some more evidence that either Harbaugh knew about it, or they've got more on Michigan than they want to go fight in court. And Michigan is now saying, okay, we give up. We'll take the three-game suspension. We'll add that to whatever the NCAA does, and we're not going to go down this road anymore because this is a complete reversal of the tune they were singing, Trey. I mean, they came out adamant. We are being persecuted. This is ridiculous. There's thoughts of them leaving the Big Ten. And then, what, four days later, all of a sudden, they just say, okay, We'll start the suspension. No, no need to go to court over this, well, even though we got a date in court. And if they turned over more evidence, they would have to give Michigan time to respond to it because they had to turn over the the uh, the. Oh, they had to open the investigation and say you're going to face discipline based on what we're sending you. You yes. can respond, and that was the long letter from multiple people, uh, including Ward Manuel and others. Um, so I. I don't know how they present further evidence as like a, okay, well, I don't well, know that, got. I, I'm not saying they even presented it. I'm saying they've gotten some information that makes them look worse in all of this one way or the other. So I, I, I'm, I, I just got a couple of text messages, you know, from, from sources within the big 10 and, and even with Michigan, uh, Michigan, you know, and this is according to some sources on my end, uh, they didn't feel like fighting this anymore. Um, they, from what I'm gathering right now, um, the big 10, you know, the fact that the big 10 agreed to close its investigation, um, according to the statement and that I'm getting messages as we speak, uh, from sources here that, that telling me that, uh, Michigan was, was done with the fight. They were ready to accept, um, the, the suspension and from what I can gather, you know, in the last three minutes, um, they did not want to go to court tomorrow and, and hear everything that the Big Ten um, had on Jim Harbaugh in their argument, by the way. You have to remember the Big Ten hired counsel within the Ann Arbor area, so they would have them prepared, uh, especially to any type of new evidence or anything that Michigan probably thought or Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh probably thought would hurt their case when it came to the appeal. Because you have to remember, this judge, Timothy O'Connor, Timothy Connors, could have came out and said, no, we're, I'm not agreeing to this motion. You're going to be suspended. It makes me wonder a little bit. I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging on this thing. If Michigan kind of figured, okay, we we, we might not get this, this judgment tomorrow, so let's just go ahead and try to save face with the Big Ten. And if the Big Ten closes that investigation, we'll be settled on our end. We'll take the three games, and we'll move on. But, this, guys, you just pointed out, and you, you hit it on the head, um, I, I think that Michigan got a little scared well, before they are heading into this hearing tomorrow. Well, but also in the statement from Michigan, they say the conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation. I think we've by, known that though. Well, we've known that. Well, yeah. but also not suggesting any information su suggesting that Coach Harbaugh was aware of this. That would be the damning evidence, and I think you know what's changed in that statement, though. What's that? The before they were mentioning assistant coaches. Yes, 
Now it's just Harbaugh. Well, but also, that tells yeah. me that they know that they're, they're coordinators and more people than just Connor Stallions knew, and that's probably a part of their decision. I just don't think you just also, have a change of heart four, four days into the well, week unless, and unless, say, hey, we're now going to accept all this. Unless there's an agreement that if more info comes out, this is the, this is the suspension and you're not going to add on anything to it for Harbaugh. Oh, I don't think that was ever going to happen. Reg- I mean, I, look, this but, was the, the punishment from the Big Ten. The NCAA is a separate matter. This, this is the NCAA punishment. Yeah, like this is this is the Big Ten yeah, saying, "Okay, we'll put down, we'll put down our sword for no. right now, and the that's NCAA what, is going saying. to continue their manner." Yeah, right. But that's what I'm saying about the Big Ten. But they were never going to add on to it. This was what they concluded. But it's this up- is what Tony Petitri wanted. He wanted them to appeal this because it makes him look good to the rest of the Big Ten coaches by saying, "Hey, I did everything I could, guys." I can't help the court system, but now that you've got the Big Ten and Michigan agreeing, both of them, to say, okay, we're good, that tells me that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan yeah. did not want to take the risk tomorrow publicly to go in that courtroom, Jonathan. Sure, but I, what I'm it, saying is there's no way the Big Ten and, and Petiti allow him to coach in the Big Ten championship game or maybe Michigan play in it if they tie in assistant coaches to this. They're on the sideline specifically OC and DC, if, I, if more information is gathered. And that would be, to me, that would be in my best interest if I'm Michigan to just accept this with the agreement that if anything else comes out, it's an NCAA matter, period. Yeah, I think that, that is, was part of that. That's exactly I, right. Yeah, I don't think that was ever – I never looked at this as, oh, we got new information now, we're going to hammer them again. I think they looked at what they had and said, all right, three-game suspension. I don't think it was ever going to be on top of it. And it's I, not that big of a suspension, I, by I the think, way. I think Michigan – seems incredibly foolish in all this because they came in hot. Okay. Yes. And that's fine. If you want to fight the good fight and we're being persecuted and you want assistant coaches crying after the game, like the guy's dying and all of that, then go for it. Right. And all their people, they picked up their sword and they decided to fight the good fight too. And then to come back in this, in this statement and say, this is indicative of the high standards and values that the conference and the university seek to uphold. The University of Michigan is a valued member of the Big Ten Conference, and the conference will continue to work cooperatively with the university and the NCAA during this process. I mean, I just – what changed? Well, the, it, they say earlier in the statement, the conference agreed to close its investigation, meaning it, was, it remained open. That's yeah. the other thing. pretty much, but pretty much all that is is a handoff to the NCAA in this matter. Well, the NCAA I, I, was giving them information. Yeah, right, and that's fine, and that's and that's going to continue. Michigan by looks the way. foolish. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but, you, you can't. But, yeah, they look foolish in all this. They should have either been quiet or continued fighting it. But this living in both worlds now, I think, makes all the people who just vehemently defended them for so long kind of look foolish, right? No, I feel it's, like it's, it's every, it feels like Rory McIlroy as a sacrificial lamb for everyone that defended them. And then, oh, we're going to fight it, guys. We're going to fight. We're in the good fight with you in Harbaugh. And then a day before they get their day in court, they say, never mind. We accept our punishment. You're right. It, it was the whole everybody against the world shtick. And then all of a sudden, seriously, guys, we are, what, nine, 18 hours before they were going to meet in a Washington, Washington County, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, courtroom. And now all of a sudden we're, we're getting this. And, and you know, I, my phone's blowing up with people, you know, talking about um, how Michigan, you know, one, one assistant coach who just texted me, uh, Michigan took the easy way out on this. Uh, another person is sitting here telling me that, look, I'm trying to be nice when I, when I read this and say the right words, but 
um, cowardly way to act after five days of putting up a massive fight. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with, with some of these comments and, and what do we learn out of last Friday? They filed this motion. Uh, the big 10 came in, uh, and, and hired their own counsel to handle it locally. Michigan thought they were just going to get this thing through last Friday. Well, once the big 10 got up into the Ann Arbor area and got their own counsel to object to the motion, that's why they were meeting tomorrow because the big 10 objected to it and put up a fight. So the fact that we're sitting here on a Thursday at 3.30 Eastern time and Michigan is putting out a statement along with Jim Harbaugh saying we accept the suspension, that, that, that's just a, a 180 from what we've heard all week. And it, and it tells me um, if Jim Harbaugh was agreeing to sit out the Ohio State game, which is going to be massive next weekend Ryan Day. in Ann Arbor, man, I don't, I don't think you need much more information uh, to tell you where he was at in his situation with the courts. Well, and also, too, um, it, it from Michigan's standpoint, if it makes them look weak, so be it. But it's it's not that detrimental of a suspension. He's coaching no. during the week. It's no different than what happened earlier this year. And it's not like they can't participate in the championship game or the college football playoff or anything like that as this other investigation Continues well, and, and that, continues that's and continues. why you don't go half cocked and start sending out statements inflaming yes. the whole conference and the Big Ten, and we're going to fight this, and we're filing for an injunction. And you're crying in the post game. Like well, you have to do that if take you're fighting the NCAA back. investigation. But that's I, the NCAA. I, like they can continue is, to be but quiet. The, but it, you have to respond the same way if you're responding one way to the NCAA. It's why the two orders. If this is not a big deal, which I agree with you, he's there all week. There's five and zero without him, right? Or four and zero this year. They could they could go six and zero without yes. him. If you feel that way, take a beat, take a minute, take twenty four hours, and then decide this. You never had to file the injunction if you felt that way all along. It's the two different messages I that think I think Saturday, makes them look foolish. But 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 if you know that NCAA Saturday, punishment is coming, gentlemen. they self impose the three games, right, Trey? To to yeah. act like they're doing something ahead of time. Right. They didn't want to admit this ahead of the NCAA investigation concluding by self-imposing anything or accepting anything. They had to release the statements because they were fighting the NCAA uh, accusations as well that anything took place other than some rogue staffer going out on his own. Guys, I think I think there's a little bit of of of, of substance in the fact that what Michigan did at Penn State last weekend, they feel pretty comfortable. Hey, man, if we can go on the road and beat Penn State. Yeah. Okay, without Jim Harbaugh, okay, we should we should be, we'll get through Maryland, and then we're going to roll the dice on Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. But I think that game this past weekend probably gave them a little bit of, you know, sunshine, thinking that okay, maybe we can do this at home against Ohio State. I don't I don't put that past the university. Think about the atmosphere too at the big house. I, I just look, if I'm one of the Michigan people online that have been going crazy about fighting the big 10 and doing all this, I feel like I got egg on my face now because now you're forced to, Oh, well, you know, that, that is right. We should, we should, yeah, but I, we should go I, along with the big 10 suspension. You know, we're, we're utmost, uh, you know, Michigan year, men and everything else. So we should do it. They were fighting the over uh, quote unquote hamburger or whatever. That's right. right. Yeah. And now, then they self-imposed uh, a three game, but now we'll take oh, that. By the way, also. that's still yeah, going that's on too. I mean, yeah. you, you've got two NCAA investigations going on. So all the folks clamoring with the big Michigan's going to lead the big 10 conference. They're really going to stick it to them. Okay. 
Trey, let's uh, we got to get at least one topic in yes. other than Michigan with this breaking news. Uh, is Billy Napier on the hot seat right now this season? If things get ugly in these last two games, I, I think Billy Napier is going to be forced to make uh, changes at, at, at coordinator spots. Um, I do, and I, and I think Billy Napier will probably be forced to bring in an offensive coordinator that's going to call plays. Um, I, I think that you look at the situation right now down there in Gainesville. Um, they're not going to beat Missouri this weekend, in my opinion. Um, whatever could Missouri could come down from that high that was handling business against Tennessee. Uh, but you're not beating Florida state. You probably, so that means you're not going to a bowl game. Um, so I, I think you look at it right now and where things stand with the Florida football program. Yeah. Recruiting's going good. Okay. But that could change in a split second here. And I think, you know, you look at the administration and all the talk out there and you've got schools that are looking around, you know, guys, we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for the playoff and, and what that's going to look like in 2024. Um, I, I don't think Billy, Nape, you know, I don't think he's, he's going to be let go this year, but I think that he's going to have to make some changes to that staff going into year three, trying to build the Florida program. And I'm telling you, man, if they only win seven games, something like that next season, the Florida job will be open. And I think that's why you might see some coaches not take the plunge for some of these other schools uh, this offseason because they know next season uh, there's a couple of schools out there that, that could be really, really interesting when it comes to taking them. Trey, literally need this in 20 seconds. What do you think happens yeah. at Neyland on Saturday as Tennessee takes on Bama? Or excuse Tennessee's me, Georgia. A, Tennessee's a different team at home. I, I do think they come out, feed off the crowd. I think the defense plays well. Um, at the end, though, I think Brock Bowers uh, is, is too much for Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, and I think Georgia ends up winning somewhere around, I, I'm going 27 20, something like that. I don't think it's some huge blowout. I think Tennessee hangs in. You you make it three for three because Chad and Clay both agree that the Vols cover the 10 and a half, I believe, is the spread right now. I so. think they play a lot better than they did on Saturday. At, I do at too. Missouri. I do too. And I think they open it up more too. Just keep that in mind on, on offense down the field. So we'll see, guys. Should be a fun weekend. Trey, enjoy it. We will as well, and we'll be reading all of your coverage at outkick.com. Great work as usual, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you, guys. Be well. Time to see just how far Joe Milton can throw it on Saturday. I think that's going to be part of the game plan is just chuck that thing a mile high in the air and hope someone on your color jersey comes down with it. Coming up, more reaction to Harbaugh and Michigan accepting the rest of the regular season suspension. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on. Coming up in 20 minutes, Coach Dan Mullen will join us here on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. You can join us live in the uh, the YouTube chat. Join Chad there right now. Uh, quick, uh, more, a lot of college football news coming down right now. Jalen Daniels at Kansas has announced that he will be back in 2024 uh, for another season. So that's a big boost to the Jayhawk offense. That now means, the question is, will Lance Leipold I, I think that's be what, back at Kansas? To me, that means that he will. And he's already said that he is there and he's not considering looking other places. And he and the AD are very tight there. Yeah. Chad, as you well know, and you've, You've mentioned Leipold for the last couple of years as uh, options. Uh, man, I mean, his name's been thrown around, but he not leaving. That's what not he says. Not leaving. Not going anywhere. I think that, that is a good indication that Lance Leipold is probably going to remain at Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State. One of my options for wrong team favorite, potentially. I like that one. Potentially. Um, Chad, uh, the, the top headlines of the day, Scorched Earth, and uh, we look at the uh, – top headlines because 
the top headlines are ha- happening right now. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, University of Michigan, they are accepting the uh, Big Ten three-game suspension uh, that started last week. So it's just two more games to finish the regular season. And Harbaugh, hypothetically, uh, would be back on the sideline on game day, allowed in the building on game day in the in the stadium for the Big Ten championship game. Well, this, it, they got to beat Ohio State first. But sure, yeah. but I mean, I, I mean, I think they will. I think there is a, I think there's a ton of pressure on Ryan Day. Yes. We asked Bobby Carpenter about this yesterday, and he kind of said, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there is, but they've shown to be pretty good without Harbaugh. Chad. Uh, it's it's going to be very tough, but I thought this, the is reaction, a ga- this was a game he needed to win before the season, and it's going to be tough on the road also. I brought this up but, last, last year going into the playoff. There was an opportunity for the Big Ten to have two teams playing for the national championship in a rematch. It, they were Ryan Day was already feeling the heat of losing to Michigan again the way they did. Yeah. And what would happen if he lost twice in the same season and lost the championship to Michigan? Of course, that didn't happen. Now you go into this year, and I felt like the reaction he had right after the game against Notre Dame was a, a reaction of, okay... We, all we've heard all offseason is we're not tough enough in the trenches. We're not at the Michigan level. And then he heard that going into the Notre Dame game as well, right? Yeah. And that was the reaction. It was Lou Holtz of all people. But he was – I thought he was venting frustration, and you saw some of the emotion come out of what he had heard the entire offseason, quite frankly, last year and a half about his program. Then they do uh, – they, they match up against Penn State. Now they've got to go prove it against Michigan on the road, no Harbaugh, serving the final game of their three-game suspension. Yeah, and you know that now just going back to the story today, this this from Michigan. This is part of their their statement, um, and I'm trying to find the Michigan part of this. This morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, and the Big Ten resolved their pending litigation. This is the Michigan statement. The conference agreed to close its investigation. And the university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game suspension. Coach Harbaugh, with the university's support, decided to accept this sanction to return the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA investigation. That's all fine and dandy and probably what should have happened for Michigan to begin with after some consultation with their attorneys. But I, I, we can't forget the fact that Jim Harbaugh had a press conference on Monday where he was saying he was looking forward to his day of being Tom Cruise from a few good men in front of a judge to state his case right. against the Big Ten and everyone. And now, three days later, this is Michigan's response. If I'm a Michigan fan, I feel duped by my own school into fighting the good fight. All of those keyboard warriors on social media that have gone after everyone – for saying that Michigan did anything wrong here, they probably feel a little bit foolish about Michigan versus everybody when Michigan itself is not really going against everyone. They're accepting the punishment of a three-game suspension from Jim Harbaugh. I think Michigan fans probably feel a bit foolish right now, given this news on what's going on. Now, practically, and that's what we're talking about with this Ohio State game, Hutton, from a practical standpoint, Michigan may be good enough on the field to still be playing in a college football playoff and for a national title and winning a Big Ten championship. 
And they haven't shown much drop-off without Jim Harbaugh. That's a big part of this, right? Yeah. When he's not been there, it's not made a difference. Well, it, you're right. And I think the big part of it is all of the preparation behind the scenes. He's there for. The, the other thing, Chad, they look foolish. I agree with you. They're not going to, to me, they're not going to internally look foolish if the investigation is closed. And from Petiti's end of it, there's an agreement that it's not going to reopen based on new information. That it's an NCAA issue from then on. A sportsmanship violation, we've served our penalty, that's it. That, if, if a massive bombshell-type news... Uh, you've got some coach connected to it. You have uh, further video evidence of something. You know the firestorm that would create, especially if it's dropped at the right time. Like, for instance, a Thursday before the Buckeyes come to town. Or the Wednesday of the Big Ten Championship game. And it, by the way, Chad, it, let's also look at it from the Big Ten standpoint. You'd want to close this because you've stepped up, you've punished Harbaugh, you've punished Michigan, quote-unquote, and you still have the opportunity to get two teams in the college football playoff. You still have both options, and you have your what looks like the best option currently. You have them having served their suspension and representing the Big Ten coming out of it, punishment no more. So that you, if you're the Big Ten, you do get the best of both. Even though I think it now sets a precedent for what Petiti and the, the committee would have to do moving forward for this. Yeah, and... Uh, I, Optic, I, optics look good for them externally. Tony Petiti won uh, everyone else nothing on yeah. this one right now. He looks great on all of this. He's avoided further litigation from Michigan which he said up front, I don't want to be in a courtroom over Thanksgiving weekend. Well, mission accomplished. That's not going to happen. You showed some teeth. You got Michigan and, all, and their fans all riled up. Uh, they're all against you right now. But yet you did it, and then the follow-through actually happened on your end, and they're not going to contest it further. I, I think this is a big win for Tony Petiti. We judge everything in hindsight. And if six months from now we right. look back and say, oh, man, it really just was Connor Stallions and not a single coach knew anything about it, then maybe Michigan comes back and says, oh, well, you were wrong for you know, suspending our coach. I would still argue when it's this level of something happening, it is on the coach to know one way or the other. And regardless if he knew or not or if you can prove it, yes. doesn't matter. It's his fault as the head coach, and he's the one that should be punished. I'll also say this. If the players didn't know anything about it, which I don't know if they did or not, Clearly, the coaches knew something about it, or at least knew that he was really good at getting signals. But if the players knew nothing about it, I don't want the players punished in the middle of their great season. I don't want future players or coaches punished. Yes, I want I agree. the head of the program punished. And that's what most sane people are saying the whole time, that let's punish the head of the program and don't turn him into some sort of martyr that you cry about at the end of a game. That's what became silly with all this. Jake, our resident Michigan fan, in our YouTube chat is saying, oh, he just said that for clicks about America's team and said that about a few good men for clicks. What, Michigan needs clicks now? You're the winningest program in the history of college football. You want to get clicks on this story that is not good for your program? I, did feel, I, I don't I, buy I said, that. I said uh, earlier this week, I, I felt like he was trolling. I did. Well, great, but they that. don't need that. 
Not for clicks, you don't but need that's people, Harbaugh. Yeah, you don't need people clicking on this story if you're Michigan. What you want if you're Michigan on this story is for it to go the hell away. This is one you want to be swept under the rug and eventually everyone to move on. And that's what they're trying to do. And not think about but it. But the, the, the reaction from Harbaugh and Michigan to the NCAA was, you know, firm. And so you had to do it if, if Petiti was going to open it up. Yeah. Here's what makes me mad about Knowing them. that that was going to be the first punishment. Well, now the NCAA gets their say, right, in all this. They haven't even concluded the first investigation. Yeah. And now they have a second one. Well, it, but here's where I don't have Central a lot Michigan of faith. We to conclude theirs as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where is the, the female AD, I can't remember her name, at Central Michigan who opened up that investigation? <laughs> she is really – I need a press conference from her about the investigation of Connor Stallions having a pass in Central Michigan coach's gear on her sideline. That, that's what I need more than anything else right now. Um, it, it's all just so silly. But, the, I mean – Michigan needs this to go away, but they're facing two NCAA investigations. Now, pardon me for not having a lot of faith in the NCAA to do the right thing in this. Yeah. And I'm saying they may go too far over the top on Michigan and give them too harsh a punishment or give them no punishment at all because it's a governing body that receives an appeal for James Madison to play in a bowl game with this historic season they're having. And they just said, no, no, we can't do it. We, we heard your appeal and we reject it. Come on. I mean, this is the same. Why? When you have a chance to do something that everyone in America agrees it's fine to do, let them play in a bowl game with the season they're having a year early, and you say, no, the rules stay. It's just nonsensical BS from the NCAA. And they'll take a six-win team now. I've got no faith in the NCAA doing what's right here. And I mean that good or bad for Michigan. This could be great for Michigan and that they're going to give them a slap on the wrist and do nothing. Could be awful for Michigan because they're going to go way too over the top on whatever they do to punish Michigan in this case. I have no clue what they're going to do because there's zero consistency with that governing body. And I think there's zero sanity at times. See James Madison ruling and Jacksonville State ruling for those two programs not to appear in a bowl game. So uh, JMU did not feel optimistic going into the the hearings uh, for – uh, the waiver and a possibility that it would be granted because they have to sit out two years from postseason play. Uh, they can't even win the Sun Belt, even though they're 10-0. and 0, And they're in line for a group of five New Year's Six bowl game Yeah, because they could be the highest-ranked team. If this were next year, they would be in the college football playoff. But they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be eligible. That's ridiculous. It, this is a it's, different. This is different than Jacksonville State or Tarleton State looking for their waiver as well. It is, and it's just stupid. Why? Why? Well, why do you want to stick to the letter of the rule book in this case? They, when you got a chance to just do what everyone would say, okay, we're okay with that exception. Let's let's grant them an exception here. Yeah. So I, I think the only the only reason or excuse that I've seen is they do not want to give any indication that FCS schools can just apply and not be ready to join, join, and then financially not live up to any promises that have been made. And it, this by granting postseason play, you would be able to even be eligible for that while you're in this phase, in this holding period, this purgatory. But in this case, they're 10-0. They were a great last year as well. Yeah. And it's just, just for the sake of, think about the sponsors of the bowl games. 
for the sake of what we saw last year with Tulane, for instance, against USC. Why would you not want a story like that instead of a six-win potential team getting a bowl game, and you have a ton of them anyway? What difference does it make? The only way they're eligible, I believe, Chad, is if there is a five-win team, if they had to dip that low and APR requirements aren't met. There's some weird twist to it. That's not going to happen. Well, and Ali says you can't just start making exceptions for rules like that. And I would say then change the rule. Lower the years even. Make it a one-year thing. Whatever. Just do whatever it takes to get a deserving team that deserves a reward like this a chance to have it. And normally... Who cares? Well, normally the period that you have to prove all these requirements are the two years prior to becoming FBS. But what they did is because of conference realignment, there were certain conferences that, that were left with like four teams. Yeah. So they hurried them through. They made exceptions, but you had to serve this this purgatory yeah, uh, they, situation. They while helped you're out a conference because of an exception. And they came in and beat them. Now here's the response. Help them out with an exception. Yeah. They helped you. They helped one of your group of five conferences that's a part of FBS right. complete their schedules by joining early. So then use an exception with them. Dan Mullen next.